Okay, so we are joined by one of the best-known faces in pre-sales, Ramsey Majewa. Um, of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the thousands of people in the pre-sales profession, uh, Ramsey was the first to, uh, to actually take the steps to launch uh, a podcast. Um, and uh, Ramsey, I think that kind of highlights that you're somebody who um, isn't afraid to, to kind of do things your own way. Um, and I've, I've, I've noted uh, from our conversations, you have this ability to uh, make me laugh, have a fun conversation, but kind of under the radar, challenge me uh, and borderline troll me. <laughs> Which troll you. You, I'm joking, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> <Not> a problem. <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, no, which obviously makes me think. So thank you so much for, for taking the time. It's my pleasure. I was very scared of doing the podcast, but I, I, it's either I, I'm scared of doing the podcast or I'm scared of being stuck at sales engineering for the rest of my life. I right, chose okay. the lesser evil. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. That's good. Uh, I'll add humility to the uh, to, to the list of traits as well. It's fake. It's a fake humility. But, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So the first question we ask everybody is um, very simple. So what what do you love about pre-sales? It's uh, it's a it's a weird position where we we think about problems not as well we should be thinking about problems not as technical problems but as business problems right uh, so the fact that we can we can get involved in the business aspect of of a business and I I can I have always played basketball I was always considered an athlete maybe not right now while being overweight but I was always uh, an athlete and I think of sales engineering as the sports of the business world as sales engineers as the athletes of the business world, because we're trying to solve a business problem. We have to perform. It's not just sitting behind a desk and writing code or doing network design or trying to figure out a bug. We're doing a lot of performance and where we have to solve a business problem through technology. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's very, it's a very competitive world when someone who's been competitive all my life, I enjoy that aspect and solving business problems, which is different than just solving technology because what are we solving technology for? Well, usually for something that's related to business and related to money. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. No, 100%, 100%. I was just thinking, actually. So the, the problem solving is clear. Uh, and when you when you talk about the competitive aspect, um, and I think that for, for you, like the performance aspect is quite important. Like, how do you increase your performance? Are you... Um, is that because, because of constant improvement for yourself? Like, you want to be competitive with yourself or you actually like... Um, you know, competing against other organizations and winning and being a part of the team that kind of wins things? Both. So <laughs> I, I, I've always judged myself based on my own, my own thing. Like I'm getting better at X. Uh, with sales engineering, it's difficult to judge that unless you win a deal or you lose a deal. If you're winning more deals than you were in the past, it's easy to judge that you're performing better, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, hopefully customers are buying because of you, not despite of you. So yeah, like I find that very useful but there's also another aspect of performance and what i mean by that is like when we played basketball we practiced all the time but then we had to go and perform mm. in, on the court and same with sales engineering where we have to go perform a discovery call perform uh lunch and learn perform a demo it, it's all i mean yeah it's still ourselves we're I, I don't mean performing as an actor but i mean performing as doing the job in public in front of people and getting the information that we're trying to get out of it. Yeah. So it's that kind of performance in the day. Brilliant. And maybe we can take this parallel with sporting into hiring as well, because I think there are some uh, some some parallels uh, in yep. terms of 
you know, when, when teams go out to recruit, there's a big difference between, you know, a, uh, a, a bad hire, a, a good performer and a, and a superstar and and the same kind of different, there's a kind of the, the blend of intuition and using the science and to, to, to identify who will fit in best with the, with the team. Now, uh, when I talk to hiring managers, the thing that kind of drives me crazy is that they don't look for SEs to hire before it's time to actually hire. Right, and if you if you've read the John Kerr's book, uh, the Sales Engineer Manager Handbook, he talks about recruiting as in meeting SEs before you have to hire, like digging your well before you have to actually yeah. drink. So th- that's the part that, <clears throat> as sales as I see sales engineering today, not many hiring managers go out there and meet people when they don't have to. Uh, yeah. Like they're focused on the customers. Some do it well. I haven't seen many do it well. Where the sales engineer manager can meet, I don't know, 10, 20 SEs before it's time to hire. And when it's time to hire, the hiring process can be instantaneous, right? Yeah. We don't have to go through the six-month interview process or mm-hmm. whatever a lot of uh, companies do today. So, yeah, I mean, that's the same as in sports where you have scouts looking for potential uh, players, whether it's in, uh, in, like in soccer, whether it's like in Canada or the U.S., whether it's in university or high school before they even get to the professional level. And then the coaches meet them and they don't, I haven't seen a single uh, coach put out a hiring, uh, like a job description or a job posting for a basketball player in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we do that all the time. It makes perfect sense. And I, I, I really love this analogy that you're using, Ramsey. And uh, actually this is something that we uh, also discussed, I believe last week, John, um and we are going to release that video it's more of a of a state that the hiring manager should be in right not just uh not, not just a task and um i know that you've recorded hundreds of postca- podcasts and uh, you spoke with leaders from across the profession what have been your key learnings about uh, hiring in general it's uh, much more difficult <laughs> than than people think it is so yeah. the way i've seen hiring an se if you hire like any kind of other engineer, for example, like a software engineer, uh, it's a hiring manager can make a decision based on the skills that that person has. When it comes to sales engineering, there are so many different people attached to the process. Where the sales engineer manager obviously is a decision maker, but you know a senior SE can have a voice. So, similar with like software engineers, a senior software engineer can have a voice. But then you have uh, product managers, and you have salespeople, sales managers. Who are all like competing and saying yes or no? And a perfect SE for a hiring manager can be very different from a perfect SE for a salesperson. And now you kind of have to negotiate who's who's right and who's wrong. So it's a lot more political in, in terms of hiring a single SE than it is for hiring any other role. And from from what I've seen, and that's just one key learning. And also, there's always pressure. Like one SE left, now everybody's yelling at the hiring manager to find the SE as soon as possible. And which sometimes leads to hiring bad SEs because they're under pressure to find the right one. There isn't the right one yet, and they don't have the luxury of waiting for the right one. So they hire one, not the right one, not the wrong, just one. And it could, uh, it's very dependent on luck at that time. So you think, I can talk about. Go ahead. So, sorry. Uh, so you think there is too much responsibility on on the hiring manager? Like, should maybe the talent acquisition take some of this responsibility, or how how would you resolve this problem? 
So talent acquisition, I think, well, uh, I believe I'm a believer in the concept of extreme ownership. So whoever makes the decision of hiring a person is the hiring manager and they should take ownership. And the talent acquisition could do their job in finding opportunities, finding leads, finding potential uh, SEs. But in the end, the decision falls on the hiring manager. And even though a lot of people are telling them what to do and asking them for stuff, it's always, if it's a good hire, anybody can take credit for it. If it's a bad hire, it's always the SE manager's fault. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, a coach in basketball or soccer or football, sorry, uh, whatever sport. If the team wins, it's the team's, uh, the team won. If the team lost, it's the coach that lost. Yeah. So, same thing. So do, do you think there are some some red signals that um, that the hiring managers can can see? Because uh, it was also during the the last conversation uh, they said the bad hire is shown only after months um, after hiring. So you cannot actually tell whether the person is going to be a superstar or not. Do, do you uh, can you think of something that would um, be worth mentioning? I mean, yeah, I, I think. Higher managers should look at SEs who are doing discovery on them in the sales pro in the interview process. So the interview process, in my humble opinion, is a sales process from both sides. The higher manager is trying to close on a on the right SE. The SE is trying to close on the the job opportunity. So <clears throat> how the SE treats this opportunity is how the SE will treat every opportunity going forward. Yeah. In my like, if uh, that's my experience. So if an SE does a good discovery, trying to understand why the hiring manager is trying to hire, what happens if they don't hire? And the SE should be able to do it because the product they're selling is themselves and they know their strengths and weaknesses and they should be able to highlight their strengths and weaknesses. So if a, if a hiring manager is looking at someone to hire and the SE does not treat the sales process as a, uh, the interview process as a sales process, that's a good indication that they might not be great SEs and when they get it, go on to a, be, to, if they get the job, there are more as sales assistants than there are sales engineers and partners to salespeople. And <clears throat> there are many things to look at, but that's just one example. Uh, another example that I've seen, which I'm surprised that still happens, if an SE doesn't download the freemium that the company has or looks at white papers, it seems that some people still don't do that or do their research before talking to the hiring manager. That's a, that's usually our red flag. If they didn't research for a job that can change their lives, get get them a significant raise, why would they research for uh, an opportunity where they can get like a $100 in commission, for example? And like one is more important than the other. So if one doesn't treat, treat it accordingly, it's usually a, a sign. So do your research. Like if they didn't do their research, if they don't know how to answer questions, if they don't follow up on questions that they were asked during the call, that they didn't know. Uh, I like to send meeting notes after every interview call as an as an interviewee. So I get interviewed, I treat it as a discovery call, I take down all the meeting notes, here's what you're looking for, here's how I'm good at it, and these are the next steps. If NSE doesn't send that, how would they send notes to a customer after an opportunity, after a discovery call or whatever? So yeah, that, that's a major tip I would give. This is such a nice uh, cheat sheet for <laughs> for the candidates as well. So th thank you very much, Ramsey. <laughs> and uh, when you you speak with leaders about hiring, um, can you think of the biggest challenges that they face? 
Uh, at one point, the biggest challenge, uh, I guess the challenge has changed. At one point, the biggest challenge was not finding enough candidates. Now there's too much candidates. Uh, but again, like trying to decipher who's going to be right for the role and who's going to be wrong for the role. And sometimes uh, I've seen hiring managers trying to, they see potential in someone. I think John and I talked about that earlier. They see potential in someone that they know they would be great. But because they don't have the technical expertise, like the technical know-how in their specific technology, salespeople usually try to veto that individual because they want someone to start up and running. And the biggest challenge for sales engineer managers now is trying to sell that person to the other people that are involved in the in the interview process, in the decision-making process. I think that's one of the bigger challenges that, that people face. As an individual con- contributor looking into what what I hear, basically. That's good. That's good. Um, and it's really very astute and totally correct that it's gone from just you know being able to find people to actually having a good. I mean, it's a good situation for hiring managers to, to be in now, where they're really looking. You know, the assessment is the is the important part. Um, Can I add something here? Before? Yeah, sure. That's why. Either way recruiting is important where people have to meet other SEs. hiring managers have to meet other SEs before yeah they they need a job because if there's not enough SEs they can just reach out to the people they know and try to hire them and yeah. if there's too much well they already know a bunch that they can bring in without having to go through the rigmarole of looking at 200 applications for example yeah yeah and also in the same way that as a candidate you know if at some point you go through the process of saying right which of the top 20, 30 organizations I'd like to work for, you know, it makes sense for me now and also into the future of my career to start building a network within those organizations. For a hiring manager, there's, you know, there's a set amount of people that have that specific solution experience uh, and, you know, that that are in their field. Uh, And so proactively going through the process of building those relationships it doesn't just last for one hire. It, it's, it's something once you've got the the, the, the the bulk of it, you can just add to over time. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think often for like working with candidates, going through the interview process, it's always a leap of faith. Okay. And it, all, it always is going to feel like a risk. And that risk becomes most apparent when you have to make like a non-reversible decision to accept an offer. And if you've already established it, it's like anything, you know, if you've already established a relationship with the hire manager, the person's been clearly kind of chasing you for a period of time, um, then it just feels that much, much more comfortable to take the leap of faith there versus a new organization where you've, you're you talking to people for the first time. And it's not just the, like, you don't have to build as an individual contributor. You don't just have to build a relationship with an SE manager. You can build it with SE individual contributors. You can build yeah. it with sales. And a referral is much better than a blind hire. Yeah. Right? And I always tell my clients, uh, resumes don't get you jobs people get you jobs mm-hmm. so just meet people and it could yeah. be anyone it could be customer success a vp of solution engineering vp of sales wh- whoever it is and you can meet with people not with the intention of getting a job you can meet with people just with the intention of meeting people and you might be able to be helpful to them at some point maybe you don't you're not looking for a job but you know a great se and if you refer them you have you want you you increase your worth as a as a connection to that person yeah. and both people on either end and you help people. So as sales engineers, that's something we strive to do. I just remembered one big issue that hiring managers have, if you want me to share that as well. 100%. Please. 
it's the length of the interview process. <laughs> and it opens up. Is that a problem they have or they cause? <laughs> I don't know if they have or they cause. It's just the interview process. And we, we can talk about that in a second. But it just opens them up so much for other companies to swoop in and, and steal their candidates. Yeah. And it could be like I've been in situations where it's just because someone's on vacation. Now instead of having an interview next week, they'll have an interview in three weeks. Yeah. Well, what could happen in those three weeks? Yeah. And they always ask, "Oh, do you are you working on another opportunity?" And some SEs are honest and say yes or no, and some SEs just play tight to the vest and not share. I think people should share, um, just to speed up the process a little bit. But not everybody. Is comfortable telling exactly telling the the hiring team exactly what's happening. Super, yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, good. So, what we thought for this conversation would be good would be to have like a hypothetical situation. So, um, to ask you, imagine if you're uh, brought in as a consultant to work with a startup, just received a ton of funding and they're looking to, to grow strongly and they really want to have a best-in-class kind of um, hiring process. Uh, and so they bring you in to help them design that process. Um, so I suppose looking at kind of like the as-is state as things are now versus like the ideal state. Um, so if it's okay with you, it would be great to go through the four main areas and then just to get your take on each area. Sure. Good. And I will enjoy playing devil's advocate. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, all right. So first of all, in terms of um, candidate attraction, so job ads, employer branding, how approaches are made, how, the, I suppose, the, the marketing, the pre-funnel marketing before you're actually in the hiring conversations, what, what do you think? To, to hire a sales engineer. And yeah. I think a job description is good. It just it, it's, it puts you out there. Everybody does that, though. Um, if you... And it depends where they are in the startup stage. Like, uh, do they have a do they have an SE team, or are they looking to hire their first SE? Uh, either way, I think they should be out there networking in person. Yeah, like, uh, as much as much as they can. And also, like SEs are dying for a good product that solves yeah. a good problem okay. that makes yeah. their life easy. So, yeah. if and a lot of startups don't talk about their product very much. Because they don't want to share that information with the competitors. Yeah. Right? So the, the question is, is there, a, is there a line where they can actually share that product information with specific SEs? And again, if they put their job posting online, one, it's gonna t- they're going to have 200 uh, resumes today. Yeah. As, as a startup, do you have time to weed through 200 resumes? Yeah. And who's the hiring manager? Is it the salesperson? Do you already have a sales engineer manager or or the first SE? They should be out there meeting people in person. I think that's more effective. Relationships yeah. does a lot more than marketing. Marketing brings eyeballs in, mm-hmm. but not always the right eyeballs. Okay. And okay. if you're looking for uh, an SE, good SEs are not always looking to move. So even if they see that, they're not, they might not move. So again, build your relationships. And if you're a salesperson right now at a company, start building your network again. Uh, so that if you become a VP of sales at a startup, you have a network of SEs that you can reach out to. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So basically what you're saying is that marketing is good, but at the same time, uh, building your network, that kind of personal connection is important. Um, you said, for example, SE design for a good product, 100% agree on that, something they can get behind. So bringing some proof points in there, something that really uh, provides you know, kind of tangible proof that, that that's in existence. What else do you think SEs are looking for? Because if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to market it, so for example, if a hiring manager's going to talk about the position, what points are the most important things to get across or about the organization? Well, that's different from SE to SE. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where discovery calls. Yeah. Is like the interview, like the, yeah. the hiring manager should be asking questions, not just about like, the SE and their skills, but what what are they looking for? Yeah. Um, versus expecting every single SE al along the way to actually want the same things. Some people want to be remote. Some people want to be in person. Some people want hybrid. Some people want to travel. Right. Um, what is it that, that that specific SE wants? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think almost everybody wants flexibility to do whatever they want. Yeah. Right. Uh, one big thing, if you're hiring the first SE, yeah. they want a voice, mm -hmm. right? Like I've worked with many SEs who were hired as the first SE and they keep coming to me in, like, in distress. Like we're, they hired me to help them create the system. And now I'm in here trying to create the system that they're saying no to and they want to continue going down the path that, that they were on. Yeah. So if you're going to hire... And, even okay, you did a great job. You found your SE. How are you going to keep them? So that voice that they want, hear it and do something with it. They're very smart, intelligent people who've been in the business for a while. So I think one of the big things that SEs are looking for is being heard. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So so in terms of general things that most SEs are looking for, um, a good product flexibility, having an impact and kind of being heard and really feeling you're making that impact, correct? Well, so there's different impacts. You can have an impact on your customer, but you also want to have an internal impact on the organization. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I just want to yeah. differentiate those two. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And in the case of the startup, it will be, the, well, I suppose in the case of both, but especially a startup, you feel you've got more scope for that kind of internal um, well, impact as well. Yeah. I mean, in case of a startup, specifically in case of a startup, the SE joined it to make to be the first SE to create the sales process, the S or the pre-sales process, the sales engineering process, yeah. to be able to hire the the SEs that they want, to be able to create the demos the way they want. I've worked with with SEs who came in and they wanted to do, they wanted to create the demo, but the CEO has been doing the demo, a bad demo for a while. But because they're the CEO, they can sell. Yeah. The CEO will always have more weight than an SE, so the yeah. SE has to do it differently. But they're not allowed to. Because yeah. the CEO has been doing it one way, and that's how we're going to continue to do it for the rest of our lives. And the further you away you are from the CEO, the less you sell. So yeah, yeah these are just little things. Okay, okay, great. Okay, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, and then in terms of the next area, in terms of because pre, you know, people, SEs can come from all different areas. So in terms of candidate pools, what recommendations would you give? So you've got you know classic SEs from the competition, SEs from different solution areas but that could learn the product you've got um uh consultants people from industry um and then you know teachers and, and lots of different options that come up what would your guidance be around how to focus on those candidate pools or how to look at them um 
let me think. The the usual SE answer is it depends, right? So mm -hmm. I, I have to use that. Right? How technical is the product, right? That that's one question I always have. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's very technical and it's the first SE that you're hiring, would you have like how much time do you have to invest in teaching them the technology or teaching them how to be SEs? So if I I never recommend someone who's never been an SE before to join a startup in the first, like first three or four hires as an SE. Yeah. Because now they have to learn the product, they have to learn how to be an SE, and they have to build the SE process. And that's almost impossible because how are they going to build it? They've never been a part of it. Yeah. So I would say hire, if you're, if you're specifically at a startup, hire an SE with experience. Yeah. Uh, more than like two years, like someone who's been there, who's been doing that for five, for a few years, someone who's been able to, like when you're talking to them in the interview, they can negotiate with you on the call. And not, I don't mean about salary, but about like, how an SE process should should be like they don't always agree with you. They can they they have their own thoughts. They can articulate it. So if you're looking at a pool of who to who to look at to begin with, the people with who's who have been SEs for five years, for example. Uh, the second thing to look at is if it's very technical, you want someone with a technical know-how. It could be from the competitors, or it could be from anybody right just as long as they have the technical know-how having someone from the competitor is a good thing uh it's good and bad well good they already know the technology they can plant landmines for the competitors uh bad is the perception of you know moving from like company a to company b although if we're going to compare them back to athletes athletes move from team a to team b all the time yeah. and some are accepted and some are not like LeBron, lebron james when he moved from uh, Cleveland to Miami Heat, right? And did a hoopla about it. I don't know if you watch basketball, but that, that's like back in 20, whatever. Uh, it's been a while. So there, you have to mitigate that perception. Uh, it could be from a customer as well. Right? Someone who's, especially if you're, uh, there's a lot of new software SaaS for sales teams. So if you hire an SE from a customer, that could be helpful as well because they, they know that industry. Hmm. So, these are the things off the top of my head that I would say. If you give me 10 more minutes of silence right now, I can come up with something else. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ramsey. Uh, and actually, I love the fact that you keep talking about building connections, building your network. And um, especially in EMEA, people don't necessarily uh, invest a lot of time in personal branding. So uh, do you have any advice for the candidate? Like, let's say, okay, the hiring manager is willing to get to know people. And of course, they're going to, go on LinkedIn or maybe Twitter, but mostly LinkedIn. And maybe there are amazing, great, great ACs, but they cannot be found, if that makes sense. So how yeah. how, how how can they be found? <laughs> how can they? Well, one, they have to want to be found, right? <laughs> uh, if they don't want to be found, they won't be. Uh, well, the simplest thing is just go on on LinkedIn, look at who's posting and comment on their posts. And it could be from EMEA, could be from US, could be from Asia, it could be from anywhere. But if they if they know who they want, like let's say I, I'm in EMEA and I would like to go and uh, SAP, SAP is a good company that I want to track. I would go follow Jan Eric, uh, Jan. Jan, I can't remember his last name, but Jan Eric, he's known, uh, right? So I'd follow him. And when he posts, I'll start 
commenting on his posts and then he'll, he'll start noticing me. I'll I'll follow Rafa uh, Luis from uh, Life Ray. And when he posts, I'll just comment on his posts, share his posts. And I'm building like I'm not building a relationship, but I'm 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 building a connection somewhat that if I ever reach out to to Jan or Rafa, they would know that, you know, this person commented on my post before. And I'll make sure, like, hey, I've been commenting on your post, love your post, I don't want to connect. So it's it's not like people think that when they want to do self-branding, they have to come up with ideas and write create creative posts and come up with videos. It's as simple as just posting someone else's post. Like, hey, I liked what this person thought, and this, here's why. Um, Jimmy Barans from Yext in France. You know, that, these are good people to follow and actually just start connecting, like commenting and connecting with. Um, what else can they do? Well, that's the first thing that they should do. Let's just leave it there. Well, once you do that, reach out to me and I'll tell you the next step. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, if we are talking about the interview process, an ideal interview process, what would be uh, its goals and how would it be designed? Well, the goal is to find out a few things about the SE, like how they work with account managers, uh, how they work with customers, what happens if they're under pressure, uh, and uh, how much they want, right? Because budget is almost as important as everything else. Uh, <clears throat> how would you design it? Well, I think the way that sales engineer process is good today, uh, but it's just stretched out, right? So generally speaking, the way I've seen the interview processes, uh, a recruiter calls and then the hiring manager calls and you have two or three interviews with SEs and then you have an interview or two with the salespeople and then with a VP of sales, then a panel interview where you know you do a demo or or something like that. One, that's too long, in my opinion. If you were to do uh, an interview, if you want that many people to be uh, to interview the SE, I think they should combine uh, in groups of two or three. I don't need to interview with three different SEs for the same thing. Also, like each SE should... I've been in interviews where I'm asked the same question by each SE. Okay. And each salesperson. Like, they're just asking the same questions. And I think if a hiring manager wants to go through the interview process, they should give their individuals themes of what they want to talk. Like you talk about relationships with customers, for example, you talk about uh, learning a new technology, giving them teams so they can actually guide the, the team. And most SEs are not interview experts, right? We don't interview people every day. We, we interview people as much as people get interviewed. So give them themes, maybe you know, practice. I think the perfect SE process or the pre-sales process is, uh, hiring manager talks to the candidate, oh, recruiter talks to the candidate if they want. Hiring manager, it, well, step number one is schedule all your interviews ahead of time. Okay. Oh, so if you, one. yeah, so if you have, uh, if you want, is just such an easy takeaway. Uh, it works so well. Yeah. I mean, if you, even if you want to do nine interviews, schedule them ahead of time. Most SEs will, will not want to go through. So you already, you already weeded out some people who don't want to go through the entire sale, uh, SE process. And it's better than finding out later. Also, that way, you actually... The big thing is, SE, I interview with the first one. They go and talk to the recruiter. They set up a call for the next one. That's a week, right? A week between interviews. Or someone on vacation, that's two weeks, three weeks. Schedule them all ahead of time. Know exactly who's going to interview with, with who. 
And if you want, at some point, like no longer continue with that SE, cancel the rest. Right? You don't have to keep going with them, but at least you have a time frame just so you can speed up the process and nobody else swoops in and gives that person a deal, uh, a, the deal that they want, or they just get tired of waiting for the next interview. So I guess in, schedule them all ahead of time. Give themes to your uh, people who are about to interview the, the SE. Create problems for them to solve. One of the big problems, one of the big things that SEs have to do is solve problems. Create problems for them to solve as we're, they're going through the interview process. Um, be there for them when, when you're about to schedule an interview uh, demo. A lot of hiring managers just give them a demo. Don't give them any, like, give them, like, they send, here's a PowerPoint slide, do a demo. And they don't give them enough instructions. And they're not available for them to answer any any calls. And again, you're trying to close them. You're trying to see how they would react. If someone reaches out and asks for some time, give it to them. Uh, you know, that's what a customer, I've, I've never I reached out to a customer, like, or we're doing a three-hour demo with, with the customer. And I never reach out to the champion within the customer and they've said, no, they want, they're invested in my success. Same thing with hiring managers. If they say no, that means I know they don't care about me and I just don't have to continue with the, with the entire process. Right. Um, get them an answer early on. <laughs> don't, don't like, I, I've been in interviews where I hear back two months after the final interview for a job offer. And I know in the meantime, they've been interviewing other people and I wasn't, candidate number one in their mind they just settled for me i still took the job because you know why not but i i didn't know if the job was gone i could have gotten another job in in the meantime if i wanted to so yeah big, biggest thing is just speed up the process you don't have to spend three months doing interviews yeah it makes perfect sense thank you so much uh, for offering us all these insights i hope the hiring managers are also going to take them into consideration and um, if you uh, can think of any other advice that you would give to, to this consulting company about hiring in general or attracting the right candidates, do you have anything that we haven't covered yet? Let me think. No, I, I, I think we covered almost everything that I can think of at this point in time. What do you guys think? Is there something that you want to add? I personally got a lot of insights. Thank you so so much. As as you were saying that, Ramsey, I just I, I just thought that question is going to come back our way. Um, so let me just think through. So I think we've covered. Uh, so what we've talked about is the importance of a hiring manager building their own pipeline, um, shorter processes, combining stakeholders, scheduling interviews ahead of time. Uh, I'm just going to add to what you said here. I think that you, because you talked about extreme ownership, for example, uh, and so maybe that would be an extra point that hiring managers feel that they have the support of different parts of the organization, but that they have ultimate ownership. And when it comes to scheduling interviews ahead of time, and this is just from us being on the front lines, because we always, we're big proponents of this. And often the people that get lumbered with having to ask people if we can, if loads of placeholders can be put in their diaries feel a bit uncomfortable doing that because of the position they're in. So there might be recruiters, there might be interview schedulers, it's not normal to do this and so on. So I think that's somewhere where the hiring manager actually can 
just send one email to all the hiring team saying, look, we're going to put placeholders in your diary beforehand. This is why for this agility, because it will lead to a better result for everybody. Uh, so I think that hiring managers getting involved there can definitely kind of help. Um, you've talked about replicating. Re it seems to me that you have a strong focus around replicating real life. Uh, so things like seeing if the candidate can prove to you that they uh, want to learn by downloading the freemium version, for example, like they'll go out with that. They don't need to be, they don't need to, they don't need to hear the suggestion that they do it before they go and do it because that's what real life will be like. Um, and the same for discovery as well, not to be too, too prescriptive saying run a discovery session with me because then you'll see them on, on their best. It's more to see, well, given a limited amount of information, let's see how they react in that respect. Um, and then, uh, so you've talked about the ownership piece. Uh, I think the only thing that we would add is ongoing measurement of the process itself. So like the output of the process, you want to get people hired fast. You want to get, you know, there's a budget considerations to take into account, but, but ultimately the quality component is really important. And there's, I think companies always have this kind of really, uh, instinctive sense of like whether good hire, bad hire. But if you do that in a bit more depth, whereby so often in modern hiring processes, um, you will have like a, a competency matrix, um, which actually is something we didn't discuss, which I think is worth it. So having a clear idea, if you don't know what you're looking for, you won't find it. So everybody's sharing beforehand a clear idea in terms of what, what you're looking for. And then everybody involved in the interview panel rating the individual at the point of hire across all of those areas. And so you can then go back and the manager can then rate at six months and at 12 months in. And then you can go back and look at the difference between what you thought the person was, not just good hire, bad hire, uh, you know, superstar or non-superstar. But actually, you know, we thought that the person would be great here in terms of communication. We were a bit concerned around teamwork and, uh, uh, you know, go through the different the different competencies. And then when you look back over time, and especially over lots of different hires, you start to build a picture as to where your assessment process, for whatever reason, is effective and where you're not actually um, assessing with much accurate, with much predictive accuracy how the person will turn out. And by doing that, you can then say, well, we're missing we're missing a trick here. And, you know, this this is a key part of the role and we're not assessing that well. And so you can then start to consciously look for better ways of doing that. Um, and, and sorry, I know you want to jump around here, but and the other thing is... Um, and then in terms of individuals, so you have some individuals that for whatever reason have very like a high coefficient in terms of how they, um, in terms of their ability to, to kind of to assess and predict and others less so. Those that are less so can have the training and those that are doing very well can become the, the, the mentors, the champions, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I would just add one part is give weight to the sales engineers opinions. Yeah. more weight to the sales engineers opinions than to the salespeople. Yeah. Because sales engineers do the job and know exactly what the job entails. Mm -hmm. Salespeople are louder, generally speaking. Yeah. And I've been in situations where I, <clears throat> my, like we interviewed a person, both myself and another SE told my manager, this is not going to be a good fit. They don't know anything about this stuff, that stuff. But they impressed the salespeople and they got the job and they were laid off a month uh, uh, <coughs> later because they couldn't do the job. Yeah. So give give weight. Like you don't, when you, if you're hiring a doctor, you don't give weight to the administrator's opinion over a doctor's opinion. Yeah. 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 
And on that note, I think, and going back to the extreme ownership point, I think that from based on experience, that's something that a hiring manager also earns over time as well. So the more credibility they have, the more they're able, the more that sales will give them uh, will, will, will give them flexibility and the more kind of weight they'll have. So, uh, but yeah, 100%. Great. Okay, so we've come to a close. Uh, it's been a really interesting conversation. Uh, I think there's lots of really kind of practical takeaways that we've we've had here. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to to add, Ramsey? I just want to thank you for the chat. This was fun, both of you. So, thank uh, you very much, Ramsey, for taking the time to talk with us uh, during your pleasure. your Monday morning. <laughs> And um, Ramsey, I realized I, 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 um, I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself at the beginning. We didn't do that. So obviously we won't go back to that now. But in terms of how people can find you or projects you're involved in at the moment, what would you what would you underline? Uh, my website is called wethesalesengineers.com with over two, with close to 270 episodes published, uh, podcast episodes. My YouTube is We The Sales Engineers. And my email is Ramsey at We The Sales Engineers. So you can reach out to me anytime with any questions. I'm happy to chat. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity again. Super. Thanks so much. Thank Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.